ComC is your home to buy, sell, and flip all kinds of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 31 million cards, from baseball's biggest stars like Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, and Mookie Betts, to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man, Thor, and Captain America. ComC has something for every type of collector. Come visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. The idea of collection consolidation or trading up has become all the rage over these last couple years. My friend Eric completed the ultimate trade-up at this last year's National. He traded a whole bunch of cards for a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle. And you're going to hear that story today as part of our conversation. Eric is going to spend some time going in-depth on the thought process that he had during this whole experience. Well, today I am joined by Eric better known as those back pages on Twitter. He is making a return appearance to the podcast this week because we're going to talk about a key card that he was able to acquire at this year's National. And we had talked at the show. and we I had a chance to see this card in person, but we said let's give it a couple months and then bring Eric onto the show to maybe talk a little bit about this story. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mike. It's God. Thank you kindly for having me back. I'm certainly excited, obviously, to talk about this topic. And when you had mentioned it a couple months back when we were talking at the show, I said, man, you know what? That's a good idea. When we both have some free time, let's let's hit record and get it done. So here we are. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great story. And as we were talking at the show, the the thought process that you were sharing at that time about what went into this i think it was was definitely worth worth sharing with the broader audience um and so let's let's not uh, hold it back anymore let's talk about this and and so at the 2023 national you acquired what is a, a grail for you so eric why don't you tell me tell us all you know what that is and what you were able to get at the national Sure. First, I want to quickly say that uh, this past week, we had a friend of the hobby, a big member of the hobby pass away, Ben, at uh, Cardboard Icons. I don't know if you, you know, anyone listening had known him, but he's part of this kind of weave into the story a little bit because it's important. So I I just wanted to uh, give him proper RIP. That, uh, he was a friend of mine, a hobby friend of mine. So you can never have enough hobby friends. So with that said, I think one of the more important things about this story is, like I just mentioned, having hobby friends. You can never have enough hobby friends. And obviously, we live in a world where everything is online, and I get that. But I think it's also important to know that you can make friends and have them offline as well. It starts online. You 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 converse back and forth, have good conversation, and then you meet up at places like the National. 
where that's kind of a, a, a very, very brief backstory is that I've been going to the national, I've been fortunate enough to go every year since they've had, well, since, since 2010 that they've had it. It didn't have it in 2020, but every other year I've been able to attend. And over the course of, of those attendings, like you'd meet somebody on a, back then it was a, a message board before social media, it was a message board. And then on social media, you have interactions with people daily, weekly, monthly, you know, there's different levels to everyone's friendship. There's no wrong way to, to go about a card friendship, but it also develops like, Hey, how's your family doing and everything else? How's your, you know, cards are great and all, but how's your life going and all those things. So I want to reiterate that this trade, I'll, I'll go into it more, but the rock bottom of it is this trade does not happen if I don't have friends in the hobby, uh, off, off and online. Now, I think it's important that, you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people, I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of people in the hobby, acquaintances, friends, however you want to describe it. And I also know a lot of people that I don't know very well in the hobby. You know, you, you see it on social media feeds all the time. Like, hey, you know, you, you like this person, you might want to see this person type of thing. So I see a lot of people say, hey, you know what? Eh, going to the National, you know, I got to buy a ticket. I got to get lodging. I got to buy food. I have to pay to get in. It's expensive. I could just stay home and and buy it on eBay cheaper. All right. There's really no denying that. You know, you know, A plus B, it, it, you know, it's no one's going to say, oh, you're wrong. But there's the intricacies. There's the stuff that's not online with friendships. There's stuff, in-person stuff, that you just don't get from sitting at home being on eBay 24-7. It just doesn't work that way. And part of, you're going to see part of that in this story. So over the course, I'm, Mike, I'm sorry I'm talking so much, but I'm, I'm, I'm rolling it all the way back. Because yeah. I think it's important for what the end goal is here. So I've always loved rookie cards. You know, we can get into a debate about that topic another time. But I always want to pick up the best copy I can afford. Mm -hmm. You know, the best looking copy, the best grade I can afford. I'm not a huge person that's, oh, buy a two now and then buy a five later. Mm. Buy the best one you can now, and as a collector, then it's time to get the next one. You know, hunt, 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 looking for the next, you know, whatever it is you want to own. So I bought my first 2011 is when I really started to do, you know, the heavy lifting as far as, as baseball. Mm -hmm. All right, I want to get, you know, I had a situation arose where I had some funds. All right, I want to get. I want to get a Hank Aaron rookie. And for years and years and years, I told people, hey, there's no wrong time to buy a Hank Aaron rookie. Mm -hmm. So I picked up my first Hank Aaron rookie at the 2011 show. It was a PSA 3. All right. I picked up a couple of other rookies, 
I did did well that show. Let's put it that way. 2012 I was like, hmm, maybe some football. You know, football seems to be a little underappreciated. And with football, I got a little weird. I was like, I want at least a seven, which is a little crazy when you think about it now. If you look at that, you know, I picked up a Jim Brown rookie in a seven, a Mantle, uh, not Mantle, a Namath rookie in a seven, Bart Starr, Unitas, uh, actually PSE eight, Walter Payton, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Montana in a nine, a Rice in a nine. But you got to remember, this is 2012. The yeah. landscape was totally different. Totally different. You know, we're not even like of the all those cards I just mentioned. Only the Namath was a, a comic card. All the other cards were under a ground. PSA seven. I'm talking about. You know, Unitas, Star, Jim Brown. PSA nine, Montana. I think it was like four fifty, something like that. It was you know a different time back then. For the for the Jim Brown, it was eight fifty for a seven. So it was yeah. a different time. This is this is important. It was a different time. So then, you know, I kept going to the show and I kept, you know, making more friends, making more acquaintances, and and having a great like the the most important thing for me is the show is having a great time, seeing everybody yourself, everybody having a chat, you know, relaxed atmosphere. You're not worried about the internet. You're not worried about presentation or whatever. You're not worried about any of that stuff. Having a great time. 2004. Oh, so 2014. This is important. I'm at the show with a bunch of buddies, and there's a a, a PSA five Aaron rookie. And the the dealer, I think he had 1,200 on it, which was whatever it was. It was the going price. A friend of mine got him down to ten fifty, and a friend of mine couldn't get him down to a, an even grand. So I was like, "Nope, nope, I'll keep it ten fifty. So he walked away, and he told me about it. He was texting me. He showed me a picture of it. He was texting me. I said, "Just man, fifty bucks? You're just gonna? Yeah, I can't do it. I'm. He's like, I, I'm start. I'm at a grand." Okay, fine. I'm going to go buy it then. I, I don't care. I don't care. I go over to the dealer. He sees me coming. He puts two and two together. Hey, let me see the iron. Take a thousand. No, 1050. Just like I told your friend. Okay. And I paid the man and I took it home. Mm-hmm. So when I had gotten home, like a week after, as soon as I got home, he's like, oh, my friend's like, oh, I'll give you the 1050. No, no. It's like, I'm not feeling, I don't feel bad because I told you multiple times, you don't buy this, I'm going to buy this. This is a great deal. You know, the, the card, it has a wrinkle on the back in the cartoon that I would have to show you for you to see it. The technical grade is a five. It looks like a six or a seven. But technical grade, because of the wrinkle, the rules are the rules. The show ends probably about two weeks after the show. There's another, Aaron, a PSA 2 shows up at auction i'm like yeah you know part of the upper left corner is missing it's accurately graded it looks nice so i put in a i put in a, a low bid like 450 
It's like, eh, not going to win. Sure enough, it won. So I was like, all right, I'm happy about it. Like I said, no wrong time to buy an Aaron rookie. So time marches on. You know, I keep adding some stuff here and there, some modern stuff, having fun collecting. And at these shows, I like to have, like, obviously everyone likes to have a list, a goal, mm -hmm. however they want to define it. Like, you like to pick up one or two nice cards that you're not going to treat yourself for the most part. So, you know, those are my treat myself years. And then, the, you know, the hobby funds come and go. You do what you do. You know, we have the pandemic. Everything gets crazy price-wise. And I start seeing, and then probably earlier this year, late last year, I see a lot of people saying, I'm doing the trade-up challenge. I'm doing mm. this. I'm taking a bunch of, of these cards and turning it into a big, you know, I'm taking 10 cards and turning it into one bigger card. It's like, okay, but I, you know, I like my Jim Brown rookie. I like, I like my rookies, but so eh, I can see those guys points. You know, I'm fortunate enough to have that stuff. And eh. so flash forward to this year, right? I see more of it. I'm like, man, so day before the national day before I'm going to the national, my dad's going to drive me to the airport the next morning, right? So he's like, why don't you just come, come a day early, hang, we'll just hang out, have fun. And I know you don't sleep the night before. So, you know, you'll be, you know, he lives in, he lives in the Bronx. I'm out on Long Island. So it's like, yeah, just we'll hang out, have a good time. I'll take you to the airport in the morning. You go to the show. Sounds good to me. I'm not going to, you know, sleep somewhere for free <laughs> and then a free taxi from him to the airport no complaints he's like well just bring your good cards and i'll you know your good cards and i'll i'll keep them safe while you're away it's like eh, you don't really have to but okay that sounds like a good idea we can have a good time talking about you know looking at these cards and having a good time so he lives eh, about an hour away drive so i leave my house I head over. On the way there, I'm thinking, first off, the old adage going to the show, if you don't want to, if you don't want to, if, if you don't want to trade or sell something, don't bring it. That's mm -hmm. the old adage. If you don't have it, you can't trade or sell it because you'll, there are scenarios where you'll get a godfather offer for something that you may own that you might not be able to replace, but somebody throws a stupid amount of money in your face and like, okay, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. You know, three, four times the value. Some people can get crazy. So I'm on the drive and I'm thinking, you know what? If I don't bring it, I don't, I can't sell it, trade it, whatever. But now I've got these cards with me and let me, let me talk to my dad. Let me, let's go over this. Let you know, let but he's not a he's not a card guy, but he's he's a, he's a common sense guy, right? Mm -hmm. So he knows, but he doesn't know. So I get to his house. We do the, the usual stuff, and I was like, "All right, Dad, let's sit down. Let's sit down at the dinner table. 
I've got an idea. And I spread out all the all the slabs. We take a look at them and this and like and I tell them, you know, these guys are doing this trade up challenge where they take a bunch of stuff and they combine it in to make a bigger and I'm on my as I, and I telling him this story as I was driving, I was like, why can't I trade for a 52 mana? I think I have, I think I have enough. I could try. Worst that happens is a no, and then I bring these home, right? So I'm telling him this story, and I'm like, because I am fortunate enough to have a mana rookie, the 51 Bowman, and I'm like, eh, you know what? I could trade this mana rookie and a couple of these other, and then try to parlay that into a, a 52 man on tops. And when I say 52 man, I mean tops, not Bowman. Some people, and he sits and he's, we're talking about assigned values on some of these cards, like Namath rookie and the Jim Brown rookie, stuff like that. The bigger cards and some other little, like a Jeter SPs and stuff like that. And he's like, and he sits and he thinks, and he's like, you know, I, I, and I asked him, which route would you go? You know, moving the 51 Bowman and a couple of others towards the 52 Mantle or a bunch of other stuff. The Brown, the name of Fixer. And he, he sits there and he thinks about it. And he's like, you know what? I would just, I would go with option B. The Brown, the name of Fixer, et cetera. Because, you know, the 51 Bowman is still an iconic card it's a mantle rookie if you can get away with this other stuff that is more replaceable but eh, you know in lower grade it's still it's not saying it's cheap to replace but in lower grade like like in a montana rookie and a nine is great but is there really that much difference between owning a nine and a seven or a six really you know, I have a, an old BGS, BV, no, it's still BGS because 81. I have an old BGS Montana, you know, that's a six that has a, looks like a stain on the card. It looks like a pit stain. Happens to be on his, under his underarm. So I, technically, I still have a Montana rookie. So if I get rid of the nine, is it really that big a deal? Like, a, and another card that was in the trade was a, a Emmett Smith score and a 10, PSA 10 score right. update. Is it really a big deal that that I think the sell value on that at the time was like two grand, where you could buy a nine for one hundred fifty bucks or an eight for seventy five dollars? You know, we're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, am I going to pass on this opportunity? Which, and let's be honest, this isn't this is. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself, but anyway, so we decide, you know, all right, we're going to try with this group of cards, give it a shot. You never know if it doesn't work, bring it home. No big deal. Okay. Get on the airplane. Still thinking about it more. It's like, man, I'm starting to think now I'm starting because remember I don't sleep the night before like I stayed up. I watched, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, um, Wolf of wall street. I watched that because I hadn't seen that in a long time. So I was getting excited, like, all right, the show, getting excited, dealing these deals. And I start thinking to myself, this could actually happen. This could actually happen. And I'm starting to think positive, like this could actually happen. Mm -hmm. So I get to the I get to the show, I get to to Chicago, and I meet up with a bunch of friends. You know, we're all hanging out. This is the Tuesday night. 
and I'm telling them this story and I have the cards with me and I'm showing them. Everyone's looking at the cards like, this could happen. This could happen. It's, now, the thing is, you got to find the dance partner. That all winds back to having a lot of friends in the hobby. So I think there's six of us in the in the hotel room just shooting the crap and, and talking cards and having fun. And one friend says, you know, I think I know the perfect guy for this tree. And he mentions this dealer. I'm like, man, I didn't even think of that. And this dealer had shown the, the, the weekend, the day before, a couple days before he had posted on Instagram that he had three mantles. So it's like, all right, man, that and my friend Andy is like, yeah, Andy, that's a great idea. And then another one of my friends, Dustin, he says, I know that he Dustin knows the dealer. So he, my friend Dustin, goes ahead and texts the dealer, hey, my friend Eric is, is looking to trade for 52. We saw you got the three of them up on Instagram. You know, is that something, you know, and Eric's, he's got good stuff. He's not, you know, I'm not, he's not bringing you a thousand $30 cards. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can definitely, you know, this is Tuesday night. So it's like, yeah, come see me in the morning on Wednesday. Now, remember, I don't know if I don't know Dustin, I don't get that text with the dealer. I don't know Andy. He doesn't come up with the idea that actually this dealer is one of the dealers that one of the bigger dealers at the show. And he sees these things. It's business. Right. For the dealer, this dealer in particular, it's business. It's not personal. He has no he has no attachment to any of these cards. Sure. Cool. Find me in the morning. We'll meet up. We meet up Wednesday morning. Eh, 10 30 ish somewhere around there walk up to the booth you know they're all just setting up and hey dustin brings me over andy's there we go over dustin's like that's my friend eric and mano oh yeah yeah you're looking to trade for a mano yeah yeah hold on let me get one so he goes to his storage his vault brings it out brings out a psa4 it's like oh like that's real nice but i i don't have the ammo for that <laughs> Okay, he's like, yeah, no problem, no problem. He's, the second one he brings out is a SGC two. No, no, I'm okay. sorry, a um, SGC one. And you know, wasn't bad looking. It, it was your stereotypical um, off center, top to bottom, and it had two push pins holes. Like I guess when someone had it back in the day. They hung it up on their wall or cork board or wherever. It had the, the push pin hole and it had the circle little rub on the sky blue. It had the rub so you could tell yeah. it was what it was. It's like, oh, this is, he's like, I have another one. Hold on. And then he, he winds up bringing out this one, which there it is. you'll get a better picture to use for the, the audience. But you can see there in the top, it's, it's centered. You know, yep. as soon as I saw that one, I'm like, oh, that's the one. Yeah. And I'm trying to, you know, inside I said, oh, that's the one. And I said, I think I like this one. I'm trying to, you know, be calm about it because, you know, you're holding one right. of these. You're going to be nervous. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, well, let's talk. He's like, well, what do you got? And I take 
take the box out and he's he's flipping through he's like okay I, I, he's looking at it, he's nodding he's like, okay i think we could probably get something done because you know if it's a bunch of if it would have been a you know a hundred different psa 10 ultra moderns that's not going to get it done he saw what i had in there so basically what we did is we established a assigned value on the mantle and then you know i had my phone out using it as a calculator and he was using whatever the one of the apps you know that gives the assigned values the i don't want to use the names of the companies you know what i mean sure the different yeah. companies you can look up the uh, comps everyone's yeah. favorite favorite word so yeah he would take you know all right for example like you said like i had mentioned a couple of times like the name of rookie. You yep. know, I had a name of rookie in a seven. So he looked it up. He's like, we went over the pros and the cons of, of, of you know, what it looked like physically, because not all assigned grades are the same. And then he went, he was looking at the past sales and, you know, he would spit out a number. He's like, I value this at X. And I would say, uh, okay, that's good. I, I agree with that. And then I would punch it in the calculator. All right. So we got that number. Then we would take the next card. For example, the Jim Brown rookie in a PSA 7. And he says, I value it at this. And I value it a little higher. This is probably the only one we disagreed on, honestly, of all of the ones. And we met in the middle. Yep. Like, like I think he was at... He was at for example, he was at six and I was at eight. So we just went in the middle. It's like, okay, that's good. And I put in the calculator. Um, and that process I had the, and I had mentioned it earlier in today's episode that, you know, I, I had brought the PSA two yeah. and the PSA three errands with me, knowing that this is good, good trade bait. I left the five at home on purpose for that very reason. Sure. And so we went over those. And added those to the pile. Um, a quick backstory: I, I had a T206 uh, Cobb bat on, yep. not the bat off, the bat on in a one and a half. And I am fortunate enough that I own the green already. But there was the way things are. I, I knew I wasn't going to get the bat off or the red. So I decided, you know, what was more likely, I'll get these two or just stick to the one copy, the green. So knowing that I would get a lot of mileage out of trading the bat on, put that in the pile, added that to the number. Um, like I mentioned, PSA 9, Montana, Rice, the PSA 8, Walter Payton, PSA 7s of uh, Unitas and uh, Sport Star. Uh, Roger Starbuck in the seven, the PSA 10, uh, Emmett Smith score, a PSA 8, Bowman regular Brady, PSA 8, um, a 98 Bowman's best Jeter refractor and a 10, two PSA 7 Jeters, SPs, yeah, uh, Marino 9, Elway 9. Uh, pink refractor rookie debut Otani in a 10, a uh, or red, white, and blue Luca 18 in a 10, 
Ginter Mini, uh, Otani in the 10, a couple of other small cards. So we had gotten really close by the time we, we punched in all the numbers. And then, you know, he, he's like, oh, I can do this, and then a small amount of cash. And yeah. I was like, yeah, no, no. I, you know, as he told me, and again, like I had mentioned, it was just business. For him, just business. He was getting, he gave, I was like, all right, I'm not going to walk away over this small amount of cash. So mm -hmm. I we shook hands. The deal was done. I would say, honestly, the whole, the, the entire transaction itself, 20, 25 minutes. It, it works, and it worked for him because he was getting, he already had the other two mana. And he was yep. getting all this other fodder, you know, stuff for the show. And, you know, Wednesday early before the show technically opened to the public, he would have all the stuff he would let, you know, he would be able to to put out. So, you know, it worked for him. It worked for me. Um, essentially, I, <coughs> I, in this transaction, I have uh, exited the, the football, the vintage football market. Yep. You know, I don't, I don't see myself owning a Namath again because they're crazy price. Same for the Jim Brown. And that's okay. You know, you know, you're going to make this time, you're going to make this kind of trade. You're not going to, you can't, you're going to have to give to get, you know, it's not. Yeah, that's amazing. When we, we talked, it must've been fairly shortly after that. Cause it was early, early afternoon on Wednesday when you and I met up and you uh, showed me what you had what you had done and got a chance to hold it and see it um in person and, and but one of those questions that i had was how long do you have to for because i don't think we really got a chance to talk about the the logistics of you connecting with that dealer to find you know the the card right and so that was one of my questions was how long did you have to to look around to find somebody who was willing to to negotiate in good faith and be open to a, a deal like that and so you kind of hit on that one one of the the questions that I had going into it is, did you have any other cards in mind that you would have been, you know, when you came to the show that you would have been open to potentially trading for, or was it solely going after a 50 mantle? You mean what I wound up giving up? Or yeah, just... I mean, you were, you, you know, you'd mentioned you kind of had this idea of coming to the show with some, some cards that you would be willing to trade towards that mantle were you were other cards if you weren't able to find one or you weren't able to work out a deal were there other things that you that were high on your list that you would have used those cards as as trade material for or was it going to be a mantle or or nothing i think honestly it was going to be that mantle or nothing okay because what i like i had just I exited pretty much the vintage football market. I yep. mean, I pretty much gave up like 80% of any, any rookie anyone would want to own. So yep. knowing that it would, no, it's a good question though, because I can't think of, no, I mean, not nothing within reason. Like I, I wouldn't get, you know, that's a good, that is a really good question. No, I, I think yeah, at I, this point, I think at this point it was going to be that particular card, the mana. 
how did you decide, you know, you've got a fantastic collection and, you know, you share, you know, some of the, the things that you've, that you've picked up along the way. I mean, going back and seeing your content, you can see some of these significant cards that, that you've been able to acquire. And you talked a little bit about the story on, on some of them over the years of how you picked them up, but how did you decide what you were going to be willing to bring? You know, how did you narrow down of, of all the cards in your collection? How did you narrow down the 23 cards that you were going to bring and be willing to trade? I had some others, not a ton of others with me, but again, a lot of that was, was talking it over with my dad, like, like, and another, I guess another factor thing to factor into it is that I was flying. So yeah. you, you can't, you know, you can't really bring a ton of stuff. I'm not, I'm not checking a bag with these cards in it <laughs> that right, stays right. with you on the plane. Right. So right. you're limited to what you can bring. Now, if I had drove, if I had driven, then I could have probably brought another box or two of stuff, yep. but it just wasn't possible. Of, of the ones that you've got, you know, there's a, there's a few that you mentioned like the Aaron, right? Like you've got an Aaron. So you, you didn't need three necessarily. You still got one of those. You mentioned you've got a lower grade Montana. That's still a part of your collection of the ones that you traded. Are there any of them that you think you're going to, intentionally go after to reacquire or, or have you already picked up or reacquired some of those? Um, that is a anything question. like that? I haven't gotten any, any of them back in a lesser grade. I happen to have, I act the Jeter, the PSA 10 Bowman's best refractor from 98. I actually have a nine. I okay. picked up a 10 when there was a, there was a time that Jeter's were, and I do this a lot. This player is just too cheap. Yeah. If I see a card that's, a good card and it's just too cheap okay if i if especially if it's on auction if i win all right i'm stuck with an extra jeter refractor in from the 90s oh boy that's you know <laughs> there are worse things that type of thing but um i do i still have a, a sp8 psa8 jeter that i left home i guess the one card that that i like like I said, the Namath is done, the Jim Brown, the, the Bart Star, the Unitas. I just don't see myself spending those funds again that would be required, even in a lesser yep. grade. Um, probably I'd like to get a Walter Payton because I actually did see him play. Uh, but again, I, I, I'm fine with a five, you know, at this point. Yeah. Um, not going to see another Cobb, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, I guess the one card I'd like to, the one, the one card I'd like to get back is probably an Emmett score. I don't own sure. one, but again, it, it's a scenario where, okay, a PSA eight is what 50 bucks. You just go to eBay yeah. and hit the buy it now. And then you own, it's not. And that's another thing. Like, like, I don't think I mentioned this, but as far as the, the aspect of, you know, internet versus offline friends and stuff but it also applies to trading i'm not going to make this trade on the internet right <laughs> you know you're going to send me the mail first or i'm going to send you these cards no it's not <laughs> these type of trades are not going to happen on the internet you know and at least in my opinion they're not now you've had a couple months now to reflect on that 
as you think back over these last couple months about the process that went into this and, you know, anything that may have transpired since, is there anything that you do differently? I don't think so. I, I honestly don't think so because like I said, I was, since I was flying, I was limited to what I could actually bring. Yep. You know, if I had more capacity, I might have brought other slabs as well. But I knew, you know, I was doing a couple different things. I was I was submitting some stuff at the show, too, which I would have to bring home. Yep. But would I do anything different? No, I don't think so. Um, it was just a matter of, of right place, right time, uh, right right example of the card. Now, if if he didn't have this particular copy and he only had the four, which I wasn't going to be able to trade trade for because it's, it's a PSA four, and he had the SGC one, I probably would have done it for the SGC one. I mean, that was the assigned value on that is was probably it's, as weird as this to say this out loud, but probably thirty five percent cheaper. Yeah. I mean, than the he, one that you got for the PSA you know one. Yeah, I mean he he had it he had it priced more like a one and a half or a two. He again he's not concerned. Like it, he obviously a one is a one. There's no but when you look at enough of these over time, not not all ones, especially if anyone's in the vintage market, they know that not all ones are created equally. So. It was just honestly like it was just a whirlwind like it was you know it was an idea the week before that came into fruition the week of and really in my mind like all right this can actually happen this is something that's feasible it's not pie in the sky crazy to think that this could happen it could actually happen and then talking with friends on tuesday night turned into you should contact this this dealer could do this because he's a businessman he doesn't care He's not attached to these. And then my other friend said, yeah, look, you know what? I'll just text him now and see if we can, if we can meet something, set up something. It was just a, it was just, a, and then it happened. And I'm like, oh man, this is cloud nine. This is legit cloud nine stuff. And a lot of the, and you know, a lot of the fun, fun part of it is that the, I don't know if the word's affirmation, but like yourself and all my other friends that, Oh man, this looks awesome. One of the, one of the other questions that I had for you, but this is probably the last one that, that we'll cover today, but I I'm interested on what your mindset was from, from this perspective. So right behind me, right there, you, that basketball, that's a Michael Jordan on basketball. And I was able to pick that up in a trade with a, a shop in our area by trading a Giannis prism rookie that nice. I got for probably a quarter bulk buy in the, you know, mid teens, you know, a year or two in, right. It was a probably a $2 card at the time. And it mm -hmm. was in a big monster box that I got and it graded an SGC 10. And I was also able to throw in some, you know, got that at the time when sealed wax was going crazy and I was able to, I had some, some wax that I was able to get at close to cost and was able to throw that in. Anyway, I was able to combine a variety of things together and trade for, for that Jordan autograph basketball with 
material that I had paid significantly less for, right? My cost in all of that material that I used as trade fodder was a fraction of the value of what I was able to get for it in, in trade. And with you kind of talking about how some of these things that you worked into the trade, you had picked up a decade ago or more, right? Um, mm-hmm. At much lower cost. Did the fact that you, I guess, was there any satisfaction that you felt from knowing that part of what you're acquiring this, this grail for you, this mantle came from not having to have near that much value into it? You know, you, you were, you're trading something, but you, your cost of, of those things that you were trading wasn't the same as what you were getting out of it. At right. that. Did that did that come into play at all? Or did that add anything sure. to the enjoyment of the experience for you? For sure. Yes, absolutely. 100% it did. I mean, it was, and I had, after the trade, I did the math. Like I knew what I had into the cards and I knew what I was yep. getting out and it was significant difference. Yeah. You know? yeah There's something about that that, that I always, that adds to my enjoyment of those items that I'm, you know, the, those significant well, yeah. pieces for me. When I know that, that I was able to um, use some strategy or approach or whatever that, that ultimately means my cost of that thing that I'm going to be holding on to for a long time is way less than, than what the, the full recall. Oh, for sure. Would. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's a, uh, fruit of uh, fruitier labor type of thing. Like, like just from collecting. Yeah. Like, I didn't buy a Jim Brown rookie thinking, Oh, you know what? In, in 11 years, I'm going to trade this for, you know, 10, eight, nine times what I paid for it towards man. I mean, you didn't, you don't, I, I, at least my belief is you don't go into collecting like that. You go into collecting because you enjoy it. You yep. want to own it. You want to, you know, if, if real life gets in the way and you have to sell it, that's what it's for. You know, yep. it, it, you know, real life bills come before cardboard, obviously, you know, real life trumps cardboard, obviously. But, but in the meantime, if, if it's something you can afford and it brings you joy, um, you got to go for it. Like, 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 and real quickly with Ben, like I mentioned in the beginning, the, the last week, and it pains me to say this like this, but the last week of his life, on a Monday, he picked up a, a, a BGS 8 Tiffany, 85 Tops Tiffany Clements. For the first time in his life, on a Monday, he bought it on eBay, he bought it. He had been collecting Clements since 1989. I'd never owned this card. He was so happy to get this card. He got it in the mail. He showed it off like Wednesday. He tweeted it Wednesday. I replied, tweet, I have a PSA 9 that I bought ages ago. Hey, we both had the same card. He's like, yeah, but I needed the BGS, blah, blah, blah. We would joke about, we would each joke each other with that. And then he passed away on Saturday of that week. So you, you don't know. You don't know when it's going to, everyone's time. You don't know. But this card, owning this card, and this is a this is you know Ben was a guy who had a mantle rookie, he had a Gehrig, he had he had the, you know, all the, the whole run of Hall of Fame rookies that you would want. He had them all, yeah. but he got this Clemens in the mail and he was over the moon. Yep. So, it's def- it was not even in the anywhere near the upper at a, at a, the stratosphere of his collection, 
but it brought him so much joy to finally have this, you know, after what, 34 years, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, these are, these are things like, like, again, I get it. The cards we, you and I spoke about, some of them are quite pricey. I no denying that, but they weren't 10, 11, 12 years ago. Right. We don't know today what's going to be quote unquote costly 10, 11 years from now. You don't know. And that's part of, like you said, with the Jordan basketball that you got, you don't know. I'm sure you didn't acquire the, the monster boxes of prism and the, and the wax thing. And someday, you know what, I'm going to trade this for a Jordan autograph basketball someday. No, it just happened to happen. Very cool. Hey, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes telling the story. I think it's a, a, a great example of some of the types of things that are possible for, for collectors out there. Um, there's so many times yeah. a card like that, people just assume that it is out of their reach and it always be out of their reach and that there's nothing that they can do to acquire it. But I think this is a great example that, you know, Patience can pay off, you know, thinking a little bit creativity or with some creativity and thinking outside the box a little bit can pay off. And I think it's a great story for people to, to hear. So I appreciate you coming in and telling that story today. Yeah, my pleasure, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on. Let's uh, let's do another one again soon. This is good. Before we go, just let people know where they can find you on Twitter if they want to kind of follow along with what you've got and, and the other places that you share content. Sure. I, I do have a small YouTube channel. It's uh, those back pages. I, I pretty much use this handle everywhere. I think by definition on Twitter, my handle is the walking dead saga, but it's at those back pages. So if you've at, if you Google those back pages pretty much everywhere, I think that's where I don't think anyone else is using it. So yeah, that's where you can find me. And again, if you have on Twitter or my YouTube channel, you know, leave a comment or whatever if you have you know if you you want to get into doing something like this or it's something you know general questions i'm always glad to help however i can very cool thanks eric and uh we'll we'll talk again soon